You know, one thing that happens for us nearly all of our lives is that we are always receiving invitations of one kind or another. When we're young, when we're little, and I realize for many of us it's a stretch to remember that far back, we get invited to birthday parties for our little friends. I remember those when I was about four or five years old. That's been 30 or so years back. The Borden Milk Company had a large processing plant in Marshall at the time. And they had a small electric carousel that they would drag or they would, it was on a trailer and they would take it. If you called and reserved it, they would take it to somewhat to your house for a birthday party. And I remember going to birthday parties at that age where this little carousel with about four ponies on it would be there for all the kids to ride. And oh, that was a real treat to have a carousel at a birthday party. It was always a hit. And then we get older and we stop having those kinds of birthday parties, but we get invited to all kinds of events of various types. We get invited to weddings. You ladies get invitation to bridal showers and baby showers. And then we get invited to celebrate silver wedding anniversaries and golden wedding anniversaries. And then we get graduation invitations, which are really not so much an invitation to attend the graduation as they are an invitation to send a gift. But we get all of these invitations. We get invited to parties and dinner parties and luncheons and retirement parties and all kinds of things of this nature. You know, once upon a time, it was actually a custom to even invite people to come for an afternoon visit. In fact, that's where among some of the socially elite, the idea of having calling cards uh, came into being. You would go to see someone in the middle of the afternoon and their housekeeper or their butler, because these were the kind of people that, that did that, you know, would come to the door and you would say, yes, would you please tell Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so that I'm here to call on them. And they would take your card and put it on a little silver tray and walk in. And then they would either let you come in the house or not. Well, there was a, a lady one time, as the story goes, a very prominent socialite, a certain woman who loved to mingle with famous people, but she was known to be quite boorish, and most of them really didn't want her company. Well... As the story goes, she desperately wanted to meet the playwright, George Bernard, Bernard Shaw, and she wanted to meet him in person. She wanted him to call at her house. And she was a woman with a reputation for being overbearing and being quite annoying. And yet she wanted to boast to her friends that the famous playwright had been to her house for a social call. So she sent her chauffeur over to George Bernard Shaw's residence with a note on engraved stationery. And the note said, Mrs. Hoity-Toity will be at home on Tuesday afternoon between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m. And the famous playwright George Bernard Shaw said, just one moment. And he took the note and he wrote at the bottom of it and said, Mr. George Bernard Shaw likewise and said take this back to her please clearly it was an invitation that he did not want to accept well this morning i want to talk about an invitation that was for me and it's an invitation that was for you
It's an invitation for all of us. It's for the young and it's for the old. It's for the rich and it's for the poor. And it's for everyone in between those broad parameters. I want you to listen to it. I want you to see if it calls your name. It's Jesus talking. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest to your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That invitation, folks, is extended to two groups of people. It's extended to two types of individuals. First of all, Jesus is extending that invitation to everyone that has labored. Now, when we think of labor, we think of work, do we not? But work implies, labor rather, implies much more than work. Work is something that can actually be a privilege, and work is something that can actually be a source of joy. And to be sure, no one can be genuinely happy who is not in some sense of the word a worker. The time of our greatest peril are those times of idleness. Work even has an ability to heal our hearts when our hearts are hurting. How many folks over the years have forgotten in some measure the wounds that have been inflicted upon them by hard and diligent work? Labor has an entirely different concept for us, doesn't it? Labor means work that is carried on in weariness and pain. Labor is work that is heavy and hard, and it's so heavy and so hard and so futile that it becomes nothing short of agony. Labor is work that has degenerated into toil. The toil of monotonous struggle that ends in slim achievement and often in utter frustration. Maybe, just maybe. Some of you this morning are in that group. You've taken life seriously. You've tried hard to be your best. You've tried hard to do your best. But often it seems your efforts have brought you little or nothing. As Solomon of old would say, all is vexation and vanity of spirit. If you're carrying on with an effort that has a bit of agony in it, the agony of too bitter struggle or the agony of defeat, then your name is one of the names that Jesus is calling in this passage. Because Jesus calls those who have labored. And Jesus also is calling those who are burdened. If you've come to God's house this morning, or if you've ever come to God's house with a heavy load, this invitation is for you. It's meant for you. And let's understand something. 
That's the case regardless of what that load might be. The load you're carrying, the burden you're bearing, it may not be like the one burden of the one sitting next to you or the one in front of you or the one across the aisle from you. Your burden may be different from the burden I'm carrying. But the chances are really good this morning that most of us here are conscious of carrying some kind of burden today. Your burden may be a burden of anxiety. It may be a burden that you're tormented by fear. You may look to tomorrow and turn hot and cold with fright. Maybe you're afraid and fear for yourself. Maybe you're afraid for someone who's dearer to you than your own life. Or maybe you're struggling with a burden of sorrow and disappointment. Once upon a time, you dreamed great dreams and those dreams have come to nothing. Or possibly death has slipped into your family circle and taken one so dear that life has seemed empty since they were gone from your presence. But whatever the burden, whatever the cause of your sorrow, you have become acquainted with tears. And you're here right now bearing a burden of sorrow. And if we have labored, and if we are burdened, Jesus has an invitation for us. And what Jesus invites us to do is to come to Him. Because Jesus says, come unto me. Now let's be honest. Careless handling has left that just a little bit tarnished. Careless handling and familiarity has in some cases bred contempt with the idea of coming to Jesus. Because over the years we have heard folks say, come to Jesus in such a way that it would deter people rather than encourage people to actually come to Jesus Christ. We must not. We cannot allow the careless handling of that passage or that phrase over the years rob us of the deep and enriching meaning of the idea of coming to Jesus Christ. Because that is something that is on the lips of my Lord and my Savior over and over and over again. Jesus never saw a crowd of people that He didn't open His hands and open His arms to that crowd of people and say, Come unto Me. I see Him. I see Him by an eye of faith opening His hands and opening His arms and saying to those who are weary and those who are conscious of being heavily laden, saying, come to Me. Just in the way a mother might hold out her arms and her hands to a tired and frightened child. And a mother would say to that child, come here to Me. How many of us have heard that in our lives? How many of you mothers have said that to a frightened child? Come here to me. When Jesus said, come unto me, Jesus Christ meant something by that. 
And He still does. Right now, right here, today, in Center, Texas, in 2021. He means we can come to Him. And we can come instantly. We can come in the twinkling of an eye. And the invitation is to me and to you, to us, to accept His Lordship. To enlist in His service, to become His disciple. It's the invitation to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the Master of our lives. But Jesus says, come unto me. And He also says, take my yoke. Now that's something we're not real familiar with anymore. But a yoke can be two things. A yoke can be a wooden implement that teams two oxen or two mules together to pull a load. A yoke can also be something that goes over a man or a woman's shoulders to hold pails of water or pails of grain. Jesus says, come unto me and take my yoke. When Jesus says, come to me, that calls for a single act of decision. And that's to come to Jesus. When He says, take my yoke, that, folks, calls for a dedicated life. Jesus invites me and He invites you. And He invites all the toil-worn and burdened people of all the ages to accept the yoke that Jesus Himself bears. And what is the yoke of Jesus? The yoke of Jesus is the yoke of a complete surrender to the will of God. The life of Jesus Christ was a dedicated life. Jesus lived every day and Jesus lived every hour within the will of God. And He emphasizes that over and over and over. In John 8 and verse 29, Jesus said, He that hath sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Why, Lord? Because I do always those things that please Him. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, whose will? But the will of Him that sent me. In John 4 and verse 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. And then in John 17 and verse 4, Jesus said, I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work Thou sent me to do. The yoke of Jesus was the life that was dedicated to the service of God. Jesus says to those who have labored and those that are weary and those that are conscious of being heavily laden, He opens His arms and He says, Come, and I'll give you rest. And He says, Take my yoke. That's significant. He invites us to take the yoke. He does not force it on us. Jesus will never force His yoke upon us. Whether we come to Jesus and accept His yoke and dedicate our lives to His service is purely optional. Because my Lord and my Savior has too great a respect for me and for you and for our personality to try to force that yoke on us. 
He couldn't do it if He would, and He wouldn't do it if He could. Understand this. Jesus will never compel. Jesus will never force any man or any woman to come to Him. Nor will He ever force or compel them to bear His yoke. All Jesus will ever do is invite. And whether or not we accept it is entirely up to us. It is our privilege to accept that yoke or to reject that yoke of Jesus. But you know what? It's not our privilege to reject all yokes that come upon us. The most that's offered to us is actually a choice of the yoke that we bear. If we refuse the yoke of Jesus Christ, if we refuse the dedicated life that Jesus offers us, then we must, in the course of things, bear some kind of yoke. You remember what Joshua said to Israel in the long ago? He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. By that statement, Joshua meant we're going to serve something or someone. And we can choose the service of Jesus Christ. But if we refuse the yoke of Jesus, then the yoke of sin is something that's going to be forced upon us. But we will all bear a yoke of some kind. It's optional whether we bear the yoke of Jesus or not. But the yoke of Jesus, folks, that's something we should want to bear. Because Jesus gives us a reason for bearing that yoke. And yet, it's not what we might have expected. Jesus does not say, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is the way to heaven. He doesn't tell us that even though that's the case. And He doesn't tell us, take my yoke upon you because that way you will have the highest usefulness. Even though that also is the case. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Dr. Moffat translates that as, My yoke is kindly, and my burden is light. Jesus is speaking out of His own experience. Jesus had worn the yoke of a dedicated life. And Jesus commends that dedicated life to us, to me and to you. Some of the last words Jesus spoke to His disciples were about peace. Remember He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. And speaking out of His own experience, Jesus said, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, the yoke of a dedicated life The yoke of Jesus is kindly. 
Because that yoke brings us rest. And the rest that Jesus speaks of, it's not the rest of idleness. And the rest that Jesus speaks of is not rest from the yoke, it's rest under the yoke. It is the rest that is born of right relationships. The rest, the peace that comes from the right relationship with God. The rest, the peace that comes from being right with ourselves. And the rest and the peace that comes from a right relationship with our fellow man. It's a rest and a peace that keeps work from becoming the agony of toil. You see, this yoke of Jesus, it's a yoke that's born, beloved, of a right motive. Sometimes the lightest, easiest, and most simple task can become sheer drudgery if we have no high reason for doing it. By the same token, the hardest, the heaviest things can become poetry almost if they're done from a great motive. Jesus carried the yoke of a life of dedication to God. And He found that yoke to be easy because He cared. Jesus had a burning passion for God. And Jesus had a burning passion for men and for women. And therefore, for Jesus, it was a joy to serve God. It's like Jacob. Remember Jacob served seven years for his beloved Rachel? And it said they were as a day. Why? Because of the love that he had for her. Write this down. It's on the final exam. Love. Always delights to serve. The only time that love's heart breaks is when it can no longer serve. And this yoke that Jesus offers to us is a yoke that fits. You can ruin a team of oxen. You can ruin a team of mules. By putting on a yoke that doesn't fit. An ill-fitting yoke can wound their necks until pulling the lightest load becomes painful for that team. But Jesus saw to it that His yoke would be one that would fit perfectly. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. And let's be honest before God this morning. Some of us are suffering some sore wounds. Wounds of the conscience or wounds of the heart. Why? Because sometimes we've been wearing a yoke that doesn't fit. And there is no surer road to wretchedness than a yoke that does not fit. Jesus said, 
come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And that, folks, is the invitation that I'm sent to deliver this morning. And I want you to bear something in mind. I want you to listen carefully. That invitation is not my invitation. That is the invitation of the one whom I serve. And what I want you to do this morning is what I really want you to do every Lord's Day. I want you to look past the messenger. I want you to look past his humanity. I want you to look past his weaknesses. I want you to look past his mortality. And looking past the messenger by an eye of faith, I want you to look into the face of the one who issued that invitation. The one with the nail-scarred hands who pledges himself to make good on every promise he's ever given. Because he's here. Jesus is here among us right here at this very moment. And He holds out His hands. And He opens His arms. And to those who are burdened and those who are weary, He says, Come unto Me. He says that to those who have never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. So if you've never done that, what He invites you to do is in simple trusting faith, repenting of everything that's sin in your life, confessing His name, be buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of past sins. And if you've done that, but along the way you haven't lived your life in the will of God, along your, the way you haven't borne the yoke of a life of dedication to God, Jesus opens those arms and says, Come back. Come back and... Let brothers and sisters pray with you and for you and start over bearing the yoke of a life of dedicated service. Just as Jesus did 2,000 years ago. As He stood before those people and He opened those arms and He says, Come to Me and I'll give you rest. He says the same thing to us right here, right now, this morning. And this is your opportunity to do that as together we stand and while we sing.